What's up, comic book fans? This is the third fucking time I've said this today, but we are Comic Books Transformed, and this is Pete and my good friend Brian. Brian, we're going to talk about what I think is maybe my favorite episode of Loki. What about you? I think this is my favorite episode of any MCU show. There you go. This was such a good episode. It grabbed you emotionally. Like, I don't think anything is really done. Uh, Well, not anything, but um, the the most out of anything they've done, including WandaVision and uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, everything. Like, everything. This this episode had so many good moments. And it's not even... I don't even feel like it's even feels like it's like a Loki show. I feel like I'm watching like a totally different character. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with Loki. This happens to be Loki. Yes. Dude, I feel like I teed that up to you and you just knocked it out of the park. That's exactly <laughs> the point there. Um, you know, we just covered, Brian and I just filmed an episode where we're, we were talking about the 11th episode of Doom Patrol season four. I made a reference to Doctor Who because that is, um, you know, the, literally the show is making a reference to Doctor Who there. Um, Loki season two very much feels like a Doctor Who show. And I think there's a reference to Doctor Who in this episode. Um, I've started to watch this YouTube channel called Emergency Awesome. And I actually really appreciate them because they put out so many little points about each episode of Loki. And I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. Um, But I was going to ask you, is maybe the best moment... The moment when, and spoilers guys, spoilers for this episode of Loki, is the best moment of this episode when Loki tracks down Mobius in his little branch of his timeline, and his name's Don, and Loki's trying to convince Don to come with him to save the TVA, and Don's about to walk away and be like, oh, you're kind of crazy, and then all of a sudden, OB shows up with his own homemade temp pad. Yeah, that was great. That um, was fucking, mm. Yeah, and and he he really is a scene stealer in the show, mm-hmm. especially in this episode too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would also really highly credit Tom Hiddleston here uh, in this episode too. Um, I felt my, my favorite scene was actually the um, um, well t- two were the um, when Loki and Sylvia are in the bar and the conversation they're having about you know what are you actually after, what do you want, and like you actually see a tear come out of Loki's eye. And just that, that kind of introspective moment was like hit real hard. And then um, from a visual standpoint, um, you know, when Sylvie's listening to the record, uh, I don't remember what it was, but, uh, you know, the, the universe starts turning to spaghetti and uh, she's trying to escape. But she tries to save her friend. Uh, and then the camera kind of spins around the record spinning. Oh, and that was a really, really great visual. Yes, totally agree. Totally agree. A thousand percent. Uh, I believe it's the psychedelic furs, right? That was the song, a song by them in the record store. Maybe I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't make out what, what the the cover said. I didn't have time to look. I only watched that this morning, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, good. Okay, you just watched it. Okay. Uh, so let's let's address a couple of things you said there. Uh, Key, I can't remember his middle name, but Quan, right? Is like his like his first name's Key, and then Quan is his Key, last name. Quan. Sure. You know, short round, right? From uh, yeah. you know the one from everywhere, everything all at once. Uh, you are a thousand percent right. He's a scene stealer. It was so fucking brilliant for them to cast him on the show for this season because he makes everything better. Just him talking makes everything better. Yeah. Um, and, um, good. Another of my favorite scenes with him too is when they're testing his theories uh, and they're trying to figure out what causes the time slipping, and he just shocks him with a stun prod. 
Our, and he yeah. tries to scare him, and it's just like, oh, for, for science. And it's just his delivery of all that is so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. It's the way he talks, which elevates everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to, though, before we, because I want to talk about him more in depth, but I want to address what you said about Sylvie and that scene in the bar. So with these MCU shows, a lot of the time things can feel like filler. And a lot of times it kind of just feels like we're just sort of moving things around. So it affects the MCU on a greater level, or it fills some kind of like plot hole from the MCU. And this whole thing with Loki and the time stream kind of feels like that. It's like, Oh, we're building up to Kang dynasty. That's what this all is. But that sequence does a fantastic job of like, there's a reason why this Loki is different from the Loki of the MCU. And it's because he's had this adventure with the TVA and he has his own friends and it's literally changed him as a person. Uh, And the the whole episode, essentially the episode is called science slash fiction. And it's the idea of like Loki slipping through time and how does he control it? And we find out that, to sort of figure out how to answer that question. Like it's a who question, Dr. Who, right? He's trying to find these people that are his friends, essentially. It's, it's a really great emotional way to move the plot versus just, you have to hit a plot beat. Yes. And the way they uh, convey it to the where, where, you know, he, he comes back to the, well, everyone disappears, right? which again, is priming you for like, Oh, we're going to reset. Right, um, right, and and they sort of do, but he he's able to figure out, uh, you know, the, how to control the time slipping. He figures out it's not a uh, he says a what, when, or why. It's a who, right? And uh, like like you said there, and then you know, the, the camera's spinning around, the music's swelling, and then the last, the, the very last scenes, you see him reappear in the in the the, the room outside the loom before um, uh, Victor Timely gets spaghetti. Right, right. So that brings up something I want to address. It's the thumbnail that I've made for this episode. I wrote, can they rewrite everything after Endgame? Now, I know that the way the episode ends, he's in that scene that you just described. But essentially, couldn't Loki hop back to the time when they're with He Who Remains and stop Sylvie from killing him? That's a great question. Um, That may not be great narratively for the future of the mcu and with the direction uh, they had planned but uh because it's a little too easy i guess you know agreed agreed um but one thing oh, that then again, there's the choice between saving the universe or and then then he doesn't have his experiences with his friends really and so he loses that that's actually a, an excellent Right. But 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 my thing is, and I'm probably wrong. I'm probably wrong. What's, what'll probably happen is they'll redo that scene that you just mentioned with Victor Timely, but they'll be successful. That's probably what'll happen, right? Yeah. But I should preface this that like this whole week, it's all been about Marvel's collapsing, Marvel's losing the fans, oh, yeah. they dropping the ball, blah, blah, blah. You know, this, this, this. Marvel's doing this to get the fans back. I, I, I just this morning read an article saying that Tobey Maguire and Hugh Jackman are going to headline Secret Wars. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And so the main thing, especially from this Variety article that everyone's been referring to, the main thing they've been focusing on is how they're trying to kind of pivot away from Jonathan Majors and Kang and make Doom the main villain of, like, this whole saga. Which makes sense. Right. Given that Doom was the villain of the most recent Secret Wars. Right, 
crossover, Connor crossover. Right, right. And and I mean, it just is like logically, I kind of thought that is what was gonna happen. I just thought that he would be the doom that we see in the Secret Wars movie, you know? Yeah. God but, doom. <laughs> I always love that saying that. I, I know Doom is so good. And and you know, dude, when we um when we're finished talking today, I want to talk about uh Reign of X because there's this fucking awesome scene uh with Dr. Doom in it, but I, I don't want to get us off track. Sure, sure. Uh but so what I'm saying though is that essentially if if they were to prevent Sylvie from killing he who remains, um you could get away from all of this Kang stuff because then you wouldn't have this whole council of Kangs, all this kind of stuff. And it would kind of tie that up neatly and they could do something else. But I don't think they're going to do that though. I think that's too confusing for the audiences, honestly. I mean, it, it, the time travel and the time branches and different universes, all that is confusing enough, but to say like, Oh no, all that stuff you watched and we made you go pay for it and see doesn't matter anymore. That I don't think they're going to throw it away. Okay. Okay. As much as they'd like to. Yeah. Was it, was it you and I that talked about this? or oh, I think I was maybe talking with my friend Mike, actually, who's not a big comp book guy, but he was saying that they were thinking about doing something with Loki, but because of the writer's strike, they couldn't make specific changes because they couldn't use the writers. I, I thought this show was would have been completely finished before that writer's strike. The, the, writer's, the writer's strike uh, lasted about three months. I, right? It was long. It was it was hundreds of days. It was like, I mean, not. It was like a no, hundred and something days. It was over a hundred days. It was like right. it wasn't quite four months. I think. I think it was about three months. Okay. Okay. Uh, over, over three months. So, I mean, this show had to have been completely fil- finished filming before that started. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess. Wrong. Yeah. I, I, I guess we'll see because you know, obviously, we just have one episode left, one week left. And we'll see how it gets all resolved. But it probably will be that they're just going to redo that sequence with Victor Timely and they'll be successful. And there'll probably be some kind of confrontation with Ravona, who will be alive. And like, yeah, it'll, it'll, yeah go ahead. I, I think he's got, I think Loki's going to have to go back earlier in time. I'm not so, I mean, maybe you're right, honestly. Like, I, what could they do differently in that scene, even if Loki has mastered this time slipping? Yes, he gets another shot, but what could he do differently there? Um, we don't have to go back further uh, to, to fix anything. We still don't have a quite, you know, like uh, the last episode we, we uh, uh, I, I pointed out that, you know, there's a scene where Loki's at the, the hallway there, but we also see him seeing himself. Yeah. Uh, from the first episode. So, I, I mean, there still could be some other point that's a better point to fix everything that's that's easier. Uh, but we don't we don't know. Yeah, I, I think the chaotic element that kind of fucks up their plan is Ravona and Miss Minutes taking over. So maybe they go and like stop them first, and that gives them more time to fix their sci-fi problem that they have. Yeah. Uh, however, um, I bet you it'll come down to that someone else besides Victor Timely has to go take that piece out or whatever the fuck they had to do in the time stream. Like, yeah. Maybe it'll be like Movius or or Loki himself goes out. You know, I feel like it's got to be Loki, and he's going to use the time slipping power to somehow move beyond the spaghettiness. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because you know the way that our brains work as comic book fans. We're kind of talking about the stuff we're fantasy booking, but really, what's so good about this episode, and this is kind of how I want to wrap this all up, is talk about what's great about this episode, and what's great about this episode is that. These people really do feel like friends now. They're not just like random characters. And you're excited to see 
A, their lives on the different timelines, but then B, you're excited to see the band all get brought together. Yeah. That's why this oh. episode was so good. You know? Yeah, I, 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 I like all these characters. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to see them. I, I hope there's a season three, whatever yeah. happens here. I, I do have, uh, I, I, and part of this Marvel falling apart thing is also, there has been some rumors of, of how uh, the TVA could set up uh, Secret Wars and uh, they could put this team of Tobey Maguire and Hugh Jackman together. <laughs> So. Oh, oh, that okay, okay. So uh, you bring up one, and, you know, I, I know we got to get to our next review, but like, um, that key Quan guy, um, he actually was like a stunt coordinator for, for a time when he wasn't in movies, and yes. he was a stunt coordinator on the original X Men movie with Hugh Jackman. Ah, oh, that too, yes, yes. So, so, and I, I learned that on the Emergency Awesome channel that I've been watching. Um, and then, oh, oh and one last thing I want to point out too was that, uh, there's that guy that works at the TVA. What, what's his name? Like Sammy or something? Or Casey. Oh, okay. Okay. Wait, who? Casey. Casey. There you go. Okay. I couldn't hear you for a second. escaping from Alcatraz. Right, 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 right. So, so his name's Frank in the branch timeline. And that's literally like all those characters are from this Escape from Alcatraz movie with Clint Eastwood. Oh, really? Like literally he's playing Clint Eastwood. He's Frank. And then his friends, which they do name, are the guys in the movie with him. Oh wow! I didn't realize that. I mean, I I knew I saw something about the that that time year, and that it actually was an attempted escape from Alcatraz in that year in the real world. Oh, he froze up again. Uh -oh. oh no! I'm not. You're not freezing for me, which is the bad part. <laughs> oh, now you're frozen. Uh oh. Oh, we're back. We're back. Are you there? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Uh, you were talking about the escape from Alcatraz. Go ahead, do it. Oh, um, I was saying that, that that's the, the actual year someone attempted to escape from Alcatraz, or someone did first escape from Alcatraz, or attempted, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's based on real life, but then they made it into a movie with Clint Eastwood, and they referenced it in this show. But right. uh, yeah, we should probably wrap this up before the time spaghetti gets us. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's been me and Brian. That's our brief Loki episode. Guys, we keep these reviews real short because there's so much content to cover right now. We actually have an Invincible review we're about to do. But if you want to see us cover the Loki finale, make sure that you're subscribed and you guys can check us out next week.